Several months later, that's when Kayla left. That's when my wife left. Maybe you've been with a person that's toxic. Maybe you've been in a relationship for a period of time with a narcissist, with a sociopath, with a psychopath, with a toxic person, with a cheater. doesn't matter. But you get to the point where you're like, maybe what's the problem is that we're not communicating well. Maybe we're not connecting on the right level. So what we need to do is go to therapy or go to counseling. Because that's what a lot of times people do when, you know, the marriage isn't working, the relationship is a little on the rocks, and like they just need to get it fixed and patched up a little bit to continue through life, right? That's what a lot of people think. That's what a lot of people think going into a relationship whether they find out that they're a narcissist and they think maybe this will fix them. Did you have someone in your life like that? That the goal was, let me get them into therapy. Or the goal was, you know, if they would only get in therapy, then they would realize what's going on. They would feel my pain. They would understand what's happening. And they would change. Because a lot of times people ask me the question on social media, kind of like how I alluded to earlier in the video earlier today, of like, what gets a narcissist into therapy? But like, what got me into therapy? You know, everybody looks at, you know, the, the self-aware person on social media and they're like, I want my narcissist to do that. And the thing is, unless they're being honest, vulnerable, or some consistent change, stop believing that pipe dream. Like people need to understand that like that hope and that potential is what locks you into a trauma bond and keeps you way too long hoping for something that someone's just dangling out in front of you. It's not going to change. If you guys are new here, my name is Ben Taylor. I run Raw Motivations. I'm a self-aware narcissist on this channel to provide awareness, growth, healing, and change. If you don't follow already, look up TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, LinkedIn. Follow us under Raw Motivations. If you're listening on the podcast, Apple, Spotify, Amazon, like and, re like and rate and review. That would appreciate that so much. If you haven't had a chance to be able to listen to the new podcast that just came out called Trauma, Drama, and Life. That's with myself and my wife. That comes out every week on Monday. So super excited about that as well. Anyways, uh, last quick thing. If you haven't downloaded the NARC app, go to narcapp.com. Check it out. Narcissistic Abuse Recovery Community. NARCapp.com. Would love to tell you more about that, but we're going to dive right in. Okay, because everybody's wondering, what do I do to get my narcissist into therapy? Because a lot of times you have a narcissist that they'll never go to therapy, right? Like you'll be with them the entire relationship. They'll never go to therapy. They'll be like, like, it's dumb. Like, why would I go to therapy? It's stupid. Like, I already know more than the therapist. Like, I just need to, you know, go golfing once a week with my buddies and I'll be fine. I just need to go do this and I'll be fine. I know how to self-care. I know how to do it. And they'll, they'll give a lot of examples and a lot of things of like, I already know what I'm talking about. So I don't need to do that. A lot of times they'll end up going to therapy at the very end of the relationship or when you put an ultimatum or a boundary up that says like, hey, like I need this to change in order for me to stay. They'll go to therapy with the purpose and they'll end up using it to manipulate you, to manipulate your thoughts, desires, but manipulate the therapist to think, hey, this person's the toxic person, not the narcissist. Growing up, therapy, mental health, things like that weren't talked about. It wasn't something that was on my radar. It wasn't something that, you know, was anything that even, we didn't talk about it. I mean, that's really the best way to put it. It's like, we didn't talk about it. It was almost like it didn't exist. You know, it was like, I knew kind of growing up, there were certain things that existed, but there was aspects that like learning through my upbringing, learning through like the church and Christianity, that a lot of times like those things just didn't exist. You know, mental health is just people who didn't love Jesus enough or that didn't read their Bible or pray enough. Like a lot of times that's how it came across. 
It wasn't necessarily taught that way, but like subliminally, a lot, a lot of times that was the message. So I thought therapy was stupid. Like I avoided it. I was like, what's the point? The thing is, at times in the relationship, when it got really awful and the arguments got excessive and, you know, I got loud, upset, I would make my wife have reactive abuse and it'd be like this giant argument then I would bring out therapy and it'd be like, this would be so much better if you just would have gone to therapy. Like, this would be so much better. Like what we have is a communication problem. Did y'all hear that one? A lot of times that's a common one. Like we just have a communication problem. It's not anything else. Like, it's just like, we don't know how to communicate. All that is a narcissist that's trying to put blame on you is using a we instead of themselves. And they're just projecting that. That's all it is. Just FYI. That was a little freebie. Okay. But I thought therapy was stupid. I avoided it. I was like, it's only like my thought was it's only for broken people. Like, that's not me. Like, I'm a good person. You know, I still show up. I'm still here. I mean, yes, I'm a liar. Yes, I'm a cheater. Yes, I gaslight. But I'm, I'm still here. I'm still providing, putting a roof over the over their heads. Unfortunately, a lot of guys, I think in general, think this, you know, don't hate me, but a lot of guys think that if they put a roof over the head and make money, that that's good enough for their family. And that's just a bunch of bullshit. Anyways, jumping in. So June 2020, I ended up getting to a place where my wife, my boss, they ended up like putting together and sending me away to a sex addiction intensive recovery thing. Okay. Went to that. It was like 12 hours a day. It was like really intense. Like that's the first time I ever filled out like a trauma egg, like learning how to do stuff that like I'd never done before, learning about a lot more stuff than I didn't want to know, like a lot of different things and learning about like sex addiction because that's what they thought they had me pegged as being like, maybe he's just a sex addict because he's had five affairs. Side note, I think sometimes you have narcissists that would rather say they're sex addicts so they don't have to admit they're narcissists because then they can be like, well, this is just what I deal with. So you're going to have to deal with my addiction and help me out. A lot of side notes on this one. Totally fine. But anyways, so that happened June 2020. Around that, I started to realize going through the intensive that it wasn't a sex addiction that I struggled with. In fact, it was narcissism. I'd already heard about it. I'd already looked it up. I'd already done my my due diligence to try to make sure I avoided taking accountability for it, that I'd put it off on other things, on other people. And even with this, it was another shot of like, maybe this is me. But I got there and started going through different parts of the intensive and interactions with different people, different small groups, things like that. And I was like, this, this isn't me. Like, I, do I struggle with that stuff at times? Yes, but it's not that level that they were talking about. So I walked away from that knowing it's not a, a sex addiction. It's literally, I'm a narcissist. There was a point of that being frustrating. I was like, I don't want to admit that at all. It had been you know, a good while of getting to that point of actually admitting it. But then there was also the aspect that it was slightly relieving. Because like I mentioned in the video earlier today, like there was an aspect I felt like I was like cursed. Like There's just the cycle that I'm going to be going through. Well, after that, so that was in June, July, I finally signed up and went to EMDR. Again, sat down, was like, this person's a quack. I don't even know what's going on. It doesn't make sense. Like, I didn't do the eye movement. Like, I couldn't concentrate with that. I ended up doing, they had like little, almost like little game controllers that like vibrated back and forth to go back and like process memories. Uh, if you guys haven't done EMDR, highly recommend it. Like, it's really good. Um, but for me, when I first sat down, I was like, this is stupid. It wasn't until probably like the fourth session that all of a sudden there was like a breakthrough like in my mind and got back to some trauma that I didn't even know was there. Like emotional trauma that I didn't even know how to process or didn't even know how to feel because I didn't realize that it was even a part of my story. 
But being able to process that and start to work through it started to clear up a little bit more space in my head to work with different things and to work with different aspects of getting into more therapy. Well, July, I got into EMDR towards the end of July, beginning August. That's when I was fired and let go of my job because of the affairs that I had there. And then got into regular like talk therapy in March of 2021 and started working with a therapist then. I'd shopped around for different therapists. I finally found one that I liked, but also I connected well with, and they wouldn't take any BS because I walked in the door and I'm like saying, I think this is what I'm struggling with. I don't know what to do. Like, I hate it, like all this kind of stuff. And so we talked through stuff and it wasn't like, oh, you need to change or, oh, you need to be with your wife or like anything like that. It's just like, all right, let's talk. And that helped. And that helped me actually be able to open up. Well, that was in March. So I started therapy. Several months later, that's when Kayla left. That's when my wife left. She, at that time, was job searching. She had applied for a job in uh, South Carolina. She left, went to stay with her mom, took Sophia as well. Uh, we had like very little contact while she was gone. Um, we had some whenever we swapped Sophia and kind of met halfway. Uh, but otherwise, there wasn't really much contact. I tried to Hoover like right after she left. She shut it down pretty hard. And I was like, okay. So I stayed in therapy. And I kept going. It was a total of about like seven, eight months that I was in therapy before she even came back. So I know you're probably wondering and know you're probably asking because like the whole aspect of this video is like what gets narcissists in therapy. And the thing is like for me specifically, I finally got to the place where I was tired. I was tired of the cycle because I identified I'm going through a cycle of person to person to person. Nothing's changing. Nothing's getting better. Nothing's getting fixed. And going through Wake Up Warrior and learning and discovering the lies that I had in my life, the seven lies that I understood and I thought were true and were real, I started realizing, hey, I don't like this person that I am. And I'm tired of being fake. Living the warrior's way, part of it is to be real and to be raw to be truthful, to be relevant, to actually be communicating the stuff that needs to be communicated. And the entirety of my life had been a giant lie. I was tired of the cycle. I was tired of being fake. It's a big asset. I was tired of losing. Every single aspect of my life was losing. Whether that was my marriage, my relationship with my daughter, all these other different affairs, the job, like the house, like everything was losing. Now, I don't just say that to be like, oh, I'm changing, so I'm winning. But there is an aspect of like, I'm changing so I can actually be successful in my marriage, in my relationship with my daughter, and with friends and family, with business, because I want to be a person that's actually truthful, honest, and faithful, and no longer stuck in a cycle or stuck being fake. I was tired of losing. Ultimately, underneath all that, there's an aspect of getting there and understanding, hey, it still is all empty, tired, unfulfilled, fake, listless cycle that just happens over and over and over again. And realizing at the very crux, the very bottom of it, and feeling so empty inside of being nothing's there at all. And no one's come to save me. Then learning to start changing my perspective, getting into therapy, focusing on who I am, Focus on changing the story that I've believed so long, the lies that I've told myself to get to the place of being like, I'm going to live real and raw and relevant, to be honest in what I do on a day-to-day basis, to be vulnerable for people out there so they can avoid the shit like this. So they can avoid the person like me 
that destroyed lives, not because I cared about anyone else, but because I cared about my mask. And all I cared about in the moment was that cycle that happened time and time again.